your recent transplant. You, you, you were in New York for, for a long, a long time. time, yeah. For like, I guess, 10 years or something. Um, but, uh, or maybe over 10 years. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just left. I'm in, I'm, I guess I'm in Richmond, Virginia right now, but I've only spent two nights there. I was at the McDowell Colony, uh-huh. a writer's colony in New Hampshire. Um, but, you know, it's like, like everyone else, I can't, I can't afford it here anymore, or I can't afford the space that I want, or maybe I could afford it if I did a bunch of things that I don't want to do, um, made a bunch of changes in my life. So I'm ready to get out of here. Yep. Also, I w- um, uh, right maybe like a year ago, I I did the com- I had an office at the New York Public Library that, through the Coleman Center, yeah. and I had to um, I had to commute every morning to Forty Second Street, Bryant Park. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, got was with the with the masses, the the waves of scum that moved there. Um, at 10 a.m. and then leave at 6 p.m. Um, and something I get maybe grew in my brain or exploded in my brain, where I can't uh, can't handle that kind of cr- those kind of crowds anymore. Um, and so I get on a subway and I get freaked out. Um, but it, it never used to bother me. But now, but something I got I got I got older or something changed in my mind where crowds bother me. I, I, Do the crowds bother you? Sometimes. I mean, what the, th- the thing that really gets to me is the um, is never being alone, unless you're in your uh, apartment. But you know, never being able to walk in, <laughs> walk down the street and not have there be, you know, yeah. at least two or three other people there all the yeah. time. Yeah, you have to kind of have a tunnel vision. If you if you have wide eyes and let it all in, yeah, um, it'll mess you up. So you end up like sitting and. Uh, well, we're pretty alone now in this tea house. This is like the most alone we're getting. There's like six other people. In not a lot of people getting tea on a rainy Saturday. Yeah, uh, but but you you you, ha- you can't you can't see everything here. Otherwise, your mind will explode. So what what was keeping you in New York for all that time? If you didn't like the the crowds, uh, honestly, um, independent film. Mm. Uh, the, the, the this is the best place for unusual movies. I really like watching experimental or movies. Watching yeah. all the, the you know, I love it that like at a two p.m. on a Tuesday, mm. I can go see you know a Michael Snow movie or something like some some. Uh, and there's so many. Th- it's even better than L.A. You know, like the last Godard movie, and it didn't even play in 3D in in L.A. and it was playing in 3D like a bunch of theaters in New York um, so there's a great uh, you know that's um, I like that that's I, I enjoy and um, I guess the museums and uh, the museums and galleries too but um, I would never go to openings I, but I do I, I, I would go to, to I would wander around them and the museums um, for comics I, guess, I don't I mean, Desert Island is a fantastic store, and but uh, I think mostly if you're if you're like one of those weird people who like care about seeing some, you know, obscure movie in sixteen millimeter at any time, it's kind of the best 
place to do that still in the world. Are, would, would you do that? Would you just go in the middle of the day? I mean, you, you strike me as somebody who has a really good work ethic and is part of that I'm keeping... I'm glad that I strike you. <laughs> well, you put... I'm glad the illusion is <laughs> you, you, you certainly have a, a, as far as cartoonists go, a pretty good output. You, you seem to be always working. Thanks. <laughs> do you disagree? Uh, I think I've got... Uh, I definitely was better, or actually, I guess you could say worse before. I was definitely like a workaholic for yeah. many years. Um, but I would, yeah, I would go all the, leave all the time at two o'clock and go see something in the middle of the day and come back or wander around. And, 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 uh, and I love, I mean, I love people watching and New York is incredible. Brian Park, people watching can get depressing because mm. there's a lot, there's just, there's something about that midtown. It's approximately the, Times Square. It, it, at the the people who work in Midtown, if you see them all the time, yeah. you get there's there's something gross about those people. Um, not the people at the library, but the the other buildings around there. Um, but there's a great greater variety of people here um, again than anywhere, and I like not having to have a car. So there's a lot of things that I like here, but I but I just was feeling crowded and I needed more space and also these these things that I do take like years to you know yeah. the books take a long time the animations take an even longer time so I thought I need to hole up somewhere um and uh and McDowell scratched that itch some but I still just need to find some place in the middle of nowhere and get a bunch of things drawn does it help to be surrounded by other creative people uh do you are you mean do you mean in new york well i mean either either that or you know i mean to to go from there to essentially an artist colony i I mean it seems like a big obviously isolation is part of it but i like doing those residencies i like yeah i like that a lot because because uh um you know people who wouldn't normally talk to you talk to you and you get to uh that's good i don't know if um but honestly um those residencies are completely different than living in new york like yeah. living in new york you don't even um you you might not talk to anyone or the time is rushed so tell me uh, tell me about the uh the residency how did that how did that come about um, do you mean the McDowell yeah. one or the? Oh, okay. Uh, well, McDowell, it's a writing, it's a writing colony. It's in the middle of the woods, and um, I applied with the project that I had been working on at the Coleman Center, which was the library residency. Um, and you're, they give you a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Julia Wirtz was there just as I was leaving, so mm-hmm. they they have cartoonists. Um, and you sit in the middle of the woods and you don't talk to anyone and then at the end of the day um, you have a group dinner with the other colonists other fellows um, and there's presentations at the end of the day it was uh, there's all kind of journalists novelists, poets um, there was a guy there who was designing new hands like mm. how to have two thumbs on the same hand um, he was, uh, I guess he was trained as an architect and then he was getting into bone, bone structure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
that was cool and and um <clears throat> who else was there a lot i mean i don't i i feel like i'd be name dropping sure. people that are there but, but that, i mean that sounds like a big part of the appeal is to have as diverse a group of people as possible uh-huh. you know i mean you're you're used to being surrounded by cartoonists or other people in your field Maybe, yeah. I mean, I went to SVA, so there yeah. are other cartoonists there. I never, I did, I do have cartoonist friends, but I, but, um, I wouldn't say I'm surrounded by them all mm. the time. Are, are you are you the kind of person who needs to? I mean, would you just isolate yourself if were if, if if that if that wasn't around? If you know you weren't kind of in a sense forced to come out and and so, socialize with other people. Uh. We talk about this a lot. It's obviously like a very solitary thing to make mm. comics, and I assume to some degree animation. Yeah. Well, um, I guess the answer is yes, but I'm like trying not to <laughs> trying to think about it. <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard not to like psychoanalyze um, too. <laughs> the. I mean, the animations uh, right now are very, or have been collaborative. Like, yeah. um, there are other people involved, and uh, but mostly, I try. It's the only way I can get it done. Like, I try to work in a space that doesn't have a computer, um, so I don't don't like get distracted. I try. I try to cut out all potential mm. distractions, because the book, uh, the books, um, require a lot of uh, zoning out of yeah. the outside world. At least they do for me. Um, and sitting there, staring at whatever you've drawn, and wondering if it's good or not, or wondering if you should add something or take something out. Um, you have to be in a room, and I can't even have music playing anymore. So, if I so if I have a room where I'm working and I turn on the music, then it becomes I'm not working. You know, that's like a signal that I'm not working. Yep. So I can't do that. And then, um, and then if I have an internet source there, that becomes I'm not working. Um, so, I it's a, it's a self-imposed. Uh, discipline really to um and i i prefer it honestly what what is what is that uh what does that architecting look like what how does it actually play out on the page say it again what what does the architecting look like you know are you are are you actually doing this on the page are you doing this as comic layouts are you are you writing it out well um for when when you say it's a big sort of an architecting project oh i said it was architecture i think so i didn't mean to (laughs) Um, the uh, in terms of the comics structuring, um, the each each book is pretty different. Like the one I was doing at McDowell was, uh, and it was excerpted in the last Kramer's Ergot mm-hmm. anthology, and that's about a Quaker soldier in the um, in the North American Civil War, and the text comes from actual Quaker letters and diary entries that they had at the New York Public Library. So I have a lot of the source text, and I have an outline of the book that's thumbnailed sequences. But the 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 book doesn't have any panel borders, and it doesn't have any word balloons. So everything floats. 
And part of that was uh, that was a, a bunch of uh, for a lot of different reasons that coincided, but one of the reasons was that I could basically collage the pages together. So I would could just generate, uh, you know, scenes, generate drawings, and then figure out where to put them into the book, like a collage artist. Yeah. Um, and then another reason is a lot of the Civil War era illustration. Um, didn't have panel borders like they were inspired by William, William Makepeace Thackeray, the guy who did the Barry Lyndon book book and mm-hmm. drawings. So it's like group of lines that are moving into negative space. So if someone's standing in a room, there'll be like a group a line of his shadows will be a group of lines, and then they'll turn upright when those shadows reach the wall. But you don't get the line that is where the floor meets the wall. It's it, it's like implied space yeah. through ne- through groups of lines moving in negative space, and so uh, when I saw that, I thought I had done some comics before that floated, and then it seemed to relate to Quakerism, which I which is of course um, about silence, or silence is a huge com- component of it, and. Uh, I associate silence with negative space, which I think is a lot of people do. Sure. Um, so, so it was a bunch of things like, oh, I can actually draw the book if I if I just draw the panels separately and they don't have panel borders, and I can arrange it, and it makes sense for the story, and it makes sense for the the, the visual language of this. So, usually when I have like a bunch of things coinciding that seem to make sense together then mm. then I know how to proceed with the the book but um that uh I just so so in that situation I'm like looking at a bunch of drawings that have been cut apart and they're lying on the floor and I have like pieces of text that I've gathered and and I'm trying to find like interesting juxtapositions yep. between the text and the sequence so that they're never um, they're never completely aligned but also never completely unaligned that the that the uh, there's some aw- awesome thing that's happening between um, a sentence and a drawing uh, that is like unexpected unexpected to me um, that's the but that's like the mode of that book like cosplayers of course was done really differently um Cosplayers was more like I'm gonna try to draw it like a traditional mm. comic book in terms of uh, you know the like American pamphlet comic thing, and then fa- kind of failing at that, but still like that maybe being the goal of, of doing something that that somehow stands out from what you you were inspired by in the first place. Do you mean the cosplayers? Yeah, yeah. You know, of, of you know, if you're if you're not you're not trying to necessarily draw a superhero comic, but that's clearly a starting point for you. For that one, well, you know, I, I, it, uh, that again was like a bunch of coinciding ideas yeah. that seemed to make sense together. So some of those ideas were like, well, it would be it's just a good idea to have a pamphlet comic called Cosplayers. Like I thought that was an awesome idea. <laughs> You know, cosplay is obviously a huge part of the of fandom and the comic community, and its its roots in comics. 
And then also it has this DIY component that I really like, or a kind of, uh, yeah, a DIY aesthetic that makes sense to, like, alternative comics to me. Um, but it also has, like, maybe mainstream comic uh, aspirations in its, in its look. So I just thought, like, well, no matter what, even if, even if it's just me drawing um, cosplayers inside of a pamphlet comic, like, that's already, like, a pretty good, I- good idea. Mm-hmm. And, then even, and then if it has stories in it, even if the stories are just these people doing mundane things um, inside of this... Uh, I, I, that seemed to be a good idea. It, it just um, it seemed like a good idea for a comic to me. They in terms of like a, um, good idea, meaning the form and the and the content uh, yeah. would equal something bigger than the parts. I mean, that, that seemed that definitely seems to be a constant thread, but between all of these is, you know, you having a few disparate ideas floating around your head and waiting for some kind of yeah, place yeah. where those those ideas overlap. Do other cartoonists say the same thing? Maybe. I see, well, I see, you know, I, th- I, I, I think about it like, like songwriting, you know, in terms of, um, you know, whether you do the... The, the word the the words or the music which which influences oh, yeah. which but you know it, it sounds like the ideal scenario is two really good right. ideas that right. have that right. that cross section right and some some combination of those two ideas equals a third thing yeah that's like the real yeah. thing that maybe you can't explain or can't articulate um, do do they ever start I mean it, it, you know it sounds like in a sense they might start as almost an exercise you know to to see what would happen if you took away this um, this this trope or, or this kind of this this well defined piece of the medium. I think you're referring to the no panel boards yeah. like that. Um, usually, by the time um, the wor- I wouldn't say the word exercise because mm-hmm. usually by the time I'm in it, it seems like the only way to do that book that if it was drawn in a different way, it wouldn't make sense. Mm. Like, if you drew cosplayers like how I drew um, that Quaker project, it wouldn't make any sense mm. or to me. So, uh, um, but um, there is, like, I guess an experimental um, element to it because um, it is, I, I think, kind of, usually I'll trust something if I don't know why... Um, it makes sense to me, mm. or I don't know what. Um, or it's if, yeah. Did, did it take Just, you uh, a while to get to to that level of, of trust with with yourself? You know, be a, a particularly. I mean, you know, the downside of playing around with that a little bit in in the context of such a large project is that you'll have that it just won't work out. That you'll have to scrap it. That you want to, you know, maybe play it a little safer. I think uh, I think it it really it truly becomes the only way mm. to to do it. Like if I thought, well, I'll draw like after I'd done a comic called Body World, and it and it like had a very like pretty strict rules about kind of this. St- I thought of it as kind of animation inspired. Yeah, it was in a grid. Or, like the characters were kind of pretty consistently, or may, or maybe. It, they were off or on, kind of all, 
alternating between on and off model, but kind of close enough to kind of like the animation that I just am finishing right now. There's, I thought, well, I could make more things like this. I had that thought in my mind, but the truth is that I couldn't because the other story ideas I had didn't make sense to draw that way. Um, you know, like, it, it like wasn't. maybe maybe if I was had, uh, um, me, um, usually how it's done and what the story's about have to arrive together. Yeah, it would be better to be maybe more consist cons- consistent in that the cross um, projects. Yeah, but I can't. Um, even how Body World was drawn came out of thinking about it as a for that story. Mm. So, yeah. But it's not, it's not kind of boredom or or just really wanting to do something new for the sake of something new. After because Body World was it was huge. It was what like eight Long. like six seven hundred. Oh no, that's bottomless. The, oh, the sorry, bottom, family yeah, yeah, yeah. book. Um, Body World was like a web comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About telepathy. Um, but I mean, they're both pretty big books. I mean, well, yeah, but part of what I was excited about on the, at that time was decompression hmm. and kind of breaking down movements into smaller parts. So, like, you would have a scene in Bottomless where I wanted to be like, I'm, I wanted to, one of the missions was like, I want to see, um, you know, a dinner conversation be like 10 pages hmm. in a comic and break it down or someone... Um, you know, walking up the stairs and have it and and really it was uh, um, but that impulse to draw all of those in between um, steps kind of turned into animation and so now the comics are pretty compressed like I think Doctor, this comic I did Doctors is super compressed so they were long but it doesn't necessarily mean that um they were like epic stories it was more the obviously you could tell uh, can part of, you know part of like storytelling is you can alter a time however you want and one moment can be long or short and and film is even more like that like it's really someone imposing their sense of time on you so you can have like you know scorsese like cocaine time and you can have you know bellatar time or something and and um, I, I guess when I for, uh, refer to length, it's just from the standpoint of you having worked on one specific project for such a long time oh, yeah. that the impulse, by the time you're done with it, I would imagine would be to huh. do something different. Maybe that you get maybe get a little bit. I don't know. Bored is the right word, but you know, you get you're you're, you're too much in that mode for too long of a time that you would want to try something a little huh. bit different after holding up for so long. Maybe, yeah, maybe. That could be. Um, I, I do during during. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. The. Uh, but but also it's kind of uh, like, well, they take a long time to do, and and uh, and I'm only you know I'm only like only do the projects that seem like worthwhile, you know, to myself in yeah. terms of the time commitment and also like. Um, the the contribution to 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 the medium or the or what like like my own like I just think life's too short to to not try to like own, if 
they, if they take a long time and life's short, like just try to do the books that seem like important to you or the ones that only you can make. But, but you know, you, you know that, that you could be doing the best thing, the most engaging thing in the world, but it's still easy to get bored with it after, uh-huh. after a while. Yeah. Um, I, I do, uh, when, you know, I think the last time we, we sat down for an interview was right after Bottomless came out. I think it was at SPX one year. Oh yeah, I knew we'd talked before, yeah, yeah. but that I'm so I mean, like long time I'm so now. ditzy that I like <laughs> yeah, um, 2008 something God, something like that. And and I'm sure I, I regret everything I said. I take it, it all great. back. It was great, but but I think at the time, if I if I'm remembering, I didn't go back and read it. But if I'm remembering correctly, I think you were talking a lot about animation. I mean, it was something that that's been at the front of your mind for a while. It sounded like. In a sense, you were thinking about that, and and oh you, yeah, you went into animation. You know, at least doing shorts not too too long after that. I did the IFC series in two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, and the Unclothed Man book came out in two thousand nine, and that was really like an animation art book hmm. comic thing. Um, so it was always there. I was always thinking about it, and yeah, and and at that time, people seemed to not really. The, the relation between animation and comics completely changed as soon as cartoonists realized that the only way they could get hot, get money is working in, in animation studios. Yeah. So that didn't exist then. And, and so the conversation around it changed. Like, at least that's my perspective. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the animations that I make have just stayed the same. They've just taken me so long. You know, like... The, I made the this the movie that's gonna premiere next month, very similar way to how I made those 2009 IFC shorts. It wasn't shipped overseas, obviously. You know, it wasn't done at a studio yeah. like it was done independently. Um, it just took me a long time. You know, it took. I wrote the script for it in 2010. I spent a long time. I it was always in an independent film like context, though. It was never part of the television conversation. Or medium, or how many how many projects do you have kind of going on in some form or other at any given time? Uh, Like right now, I um, I'm just the the movie's playing um, at TIFF, so we're like finishing the end credits and mixing it down. I'm in New York for the the mix down. Oh, it's still it's still in the process of being finished. Well, it's being mixed. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that means like I sit in this room and they have and the you know we're fi- we're like leveling out the the score to the yeah. sound effects. Um, so like when we submitted, we submitted with an with an unfinished. That's how most movies work: is they submit to festivals with an sure. kind of unfinished version, and then when they get a final final deadline, then you do the mix and you kind of clean it up for for different speaker systems or whatever um uh so but i'm but that isn't really occupying much of my thoughts even it's just what i'm doing during the day is 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 um saying like oh maybe the voice should be a little higher there um and then i have that quaker book that i have like three more chapters left to finish and uh and then I have another animation project I wanna that I have a script for that I want to storyboard. 
and then I have like I get ideas for comics in the middle of the day but then like by the end of the day I think it's a bad idea <laughs> you know like the, there's a lot of that like yeah. I have like I have a lot of comic ideas that that don't uh, that I end up deciding but then they kind of combine or turn into other things over the years like yeah B- better that you think better of it over the course of a day than you know when you're two months into a project do, do you ever do you ever get to that far down the road and then decide that you know maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all I've like finished whole comics and like looked at them and <laughs> not, and not short stories you yeah. know and been like I'm not gonna show this to anybody hmm. yeah so I guess that's maybe more the experiment part, yeah. but but it's usually because uh, I think like oh there wasn't there, maybe it was just I don't know wasn't good have, enough. Have you been able to sort of make make peace with that? You know, it's it's, it's does it feel does it still feel like it was a good use of your time that at least yeah, you sort yeah, of went sure. down that road? Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. It's probably better than just pumping it out there. And sure. I mean, I have so much. I feel like my record is not clean at all. Like I have so much <laughs> shit in the world, but still, like if I spend a month drawing something and I don't like, it, I can't bring myself to to like just put it out just because I finished it. You know, is is it just is it just too not easy? now? Like I would have before. Yeah, but is it just too easy being having being that close to a project to see all of the imperfections? I mean, is it? Do you just? kind of feel that way about everything you've done or no usually there's something that's not like even about the it having mistakes usually it's kind of like mm, I don't think there was anything really there yeah like like uh, um, or or like I for a long um, you know I love I love this French new wave director Eric Romare and um and all of his movies are this are essentially the same where where a man um has is like has a wife or a par- partner um and then he spends the whole movie talking to a second woman about the first woman and so the tension kind of in the movie is that that um we fall in love with the the audience falls in love with the second woman but the whole the whole conversation is about the first woman or how he's mm-hmm. tied to the first woman. And he never does, he never hooks up with the second woman, you know? It's just like some kind of um, removed view where the audience is different than, than this character um, in that we love this woman that... that I, don't, I don't know if I'm doing a good job of describing it, but he was, he was, he was older than the other French New Wave guys, so... He's like a 70-year-old director making movies about these 20-somethings. Yeah. So it's, it has a completely removed... We, we understand that he's not one of these characters, you know, that mm. he's a removed eye. And he's kind of studying these people from afar. Um, and they're... they're um, well, anyway, the point is that I think... I thought these movies were the coolest. I thought they were... I really enjoyed them. They Something about them really made sense to me. And I thought, I'm going to draw a comic that uses that structure where it's just one person who likes one person and, and, and spends the time with another person. Mm. And, I'll, and I'll try to draw it in like a very... So that was the impetus for like a little short story. And then when I drew it, I looked at it and I thought, you know, this was kind of maybe misguided at the beginning to try to do something like this to emulate. film. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even like... No one would even... It, it, 
like clock it as an emulation because it was like so different but it still felt like not an it felt like an exercise so when it feels like an exercise then i don't show it to anybody so that one i just shelved but what's funny is i was talking to my my friend a cartoonist about this and he said oh well you know that's like cosplayers because you know that this person who drew it is not one of these people one of these women like it feels like the eye is afar and and as my friend was talking about it i realized that when you you can't like that that just the fact that i had liked those movies enough kind of maybe taught something about Mm. myself that i didn't have to like try to explore um you know translation or interpretation or something into a different medium like I could really like I could really like a novelist and then um, oh, please. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean I should sit down and be like okay what yeah. what would it be like if you know <laughs> if Don Le- you know some if if this author <coughs> wrote a comic yeah. you know you can't do that it doesn't you just have to like do whatever you're gonna do and and it, it'll be like your sensibility whether or not you want it to be. I mean, it's easy to see why you were drawn to those because, I mean, there's an idea... The idea of negative space is there in terms of who you're yeah. saying and not saying. I mean, it's, it's a little less literal than what you're talking about on in terms of the visuals on the page, but isn't, isn't it kind of a parallel story, story version of that, of, of filling out these characters without actually even seeing them? I'm confused about what you're saying. Well, um... In terms of the uh, in, sorry, no, no, it's fine. No, in terms of the um, the films, the, the the dialogue between these two characters, and um, the portrait that you're getting of a third character who you don't see. Oh yeah, yeah. And in a well, sense, there's like, definitely some kind of removal, element, like yeah. distanced element to my comics in the way they're drawn, or even even uh, even when they do really do use things that are very. Uh, close like like doctors uses so many things that are from like melodrama kind of comics that are very like heavy like all like very almost you know very like blunt like the writing in new school like is kind of comically blunt and and emotional but even something about when it's lands on the page it'll you, you're, there's a distance to it, kind of a, like a clip art, kind of, like, you don't, I mean, there's like, it's far, it's a little far away. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Is um, that true? <laughs> you have to tell me if it's true. Uh, what, what was the process like when, when you first started getting into animation from from comics how do you how do you sit down to decide that you're going to do an animation uh well it came um you know it was a long time ago so it came out of seeing that i could make gifs in photoshop that they had a gif creation Hmm. function oh it's a real i started making two second three second animations yeah making gifs and then uh and then i saw when you scanned things um that it would automatically like put them in an order, mm. you know, untitled one to untitled two hundred, and that you could drag, drag those one to two hundred into uh, 
into a pro, into After Effects and and select play at 12 frames per mm. second, and you could make an an animation. So like I made a a, a a little cartoon for bottomless belly button that was 720 drawings, and so it's a minute because it's played 12 frames per second. Um, and then uh, and then Unclothed Man was made very similarly, where like it, it was. Uh, those images were, you know, scanned and placed into Photoshop and then dragged into After Effects. And at that time, I remember thinking, oh man, like, I don't understand. Like, I remember thinking immediately, like, oh, you could make a whole movie, you know, like, just if you did enough drawings, like, you don't have to, you don't have to, um, the technology is right here. Like, all these people have a scanner and, and, uh, and you could do it, and you don't need one of those multi-plane cameras or anything. You can, it's, it's completely accessible. Um, so, and I also thought, well, you know, I can draw, and I, and I can tell s- stories, so it seemed very, like, doable. To, hmm. to, um, but then, over the years, I realized that was completely, that it's untrue. That yeah. it's a, a whole other big thing. That was, so then... Um, you know, around like 2013 or so, I, I kind of realized like I it was I, I there was definitely like a crisis moment where it's like okay I can't I don't know everything that that this that making these things require way more skills than I actually have you know like in term like I remember thinking that that film was primarily like a visual medium or like that that I could get by on interesting um, visual yeah. sequences and then and, and then I realized it's really it's 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 all like order of events it's all time yeah. it's all like this thing then this thing then this thing to, to carry someone through for an hour and, like you can watch a think about it you can watch a two-minute music video and get bored yeah you know um, and it'll be the coolest looking thing ever. Visuals don't get you very far at all. It might get you far if you're like stoned, but if you're but to to have someone for 80 minutes, you can't. The visuals will only get you like 20 seconds of the way there. You know that that there's a order of events, a time, a, a sequencing of it's it's things are flying past you. You're saying like it's like it's more like telling a more like telling a story to someone at a cafe, you know, and being able to 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 um, say, "Well, I know my f- this friend," to, you know, weave some kind of time-based mm-hmm. unfolding of events that grabs somebody. In books, you're way more free from time. Time has been flattened. It's it's a s- simultaneity. It's a it's a it's someone can look at a panel for a long time or, or sure. sometimes people just read the words. And They're moving by at their own pace. You can, you can leave a character for yeah. 20 pages and then come back to them and people are fine with it. If you leave a main character for 20 minutes in a movie and come back to them, it's like a radical thing. Hmm. It's like, what, like, like in those 20 minutes, the pers- the, you're thinking like, why am I following this other person? I, there's a main character. You know, the, it's, 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 and then and then it's collaborative with which comics, most comics or the comics that I make yeah. aren't that much. So, 
So then I thought, well, should I give up? You know, like this. this but I had gotten in so deep, and I had kind of um, learned all. I thought, no, I can learn this. I'm like already really far, far in. You know, that if I backed out of it, yeah, um, it would be a real. Um, it would be a huge disappointment to myself because I still had like a mission on on the on the animation front that that I hadn't uh, um, accomplished or or there I still I I would be I would have been hugely disappointed in myself if I if I had backed out. What's interesting is. Yeah, I, th- I think with a lot of people, I mean, you saw that you had all the tools that it was a possibility for you to make this, but for a lot of people, um, and I think I think Bottomless was probably the same way, because the first time that you were on the radar of most people in the comics community is when you just all of a sudden were out with this giant book on Fanagraphics. Um, most people would have seen the tools, would have seen how much it took, how much went into creating a one-minute animation, and that would have been a deterrent. But for you... It was more of an opening. <laughs> the fact that you had these, these tools, yeah. not the fact that it would have taken you X amount of time to actually have accomplished it. It, it didn't feel looking at looking at seven hundred individual drawings to create a one minute animation didn't feel um, staggering. It didn't it didn't feel like um, like it was an obstacle in terms of making something full length. I guess not because. Uh I don't know. I didn't... It seemed like... Um, no, it seemed... Uh, I guess it, it... I know... I know. I completely know what you mean. Yeah. Um, it didn't seem that way. It, it, it's, it felt like... That, it felt like, oh... It, it was kind of empowering to know yeah. that I could, could do it. Because the... You can... Um, you know, with this this uh this this movie that's playing at tiff like um the fact that it was self-motivated was like the only thing that got it made or gets anything by me ever made because no one's asking for these things that i'm making you know it's it has to be completely self-motivated and and um uh um and it is. Uh, but was the possibility to offset some of that work to, to make it more of a collaborative process? I mean, obviously, it's a collaborative process, and it's more collaborative than animation, but at the same time, it sounds like you're taking on as much of this as you possibly can. I've, on, I've found that... I, obviously, I can't... Not to speak across the board, but working with other people makes things less reliable. Mm. You know, yeah. Especially if you're not paying them, yeah. you know, yeah. or very, paying them very much. Like, yeah. so the fact that you could do it more yourself was, was again like empowering. That that if I wanted to make, if I thought, oh, I want to make this book, but I need to get two other people involved to make it. Suddenly, in my mind, I'm thinking that book's not going to get made. Like yeah. that. Like you have. Like there's no, the. But that's been that has. I had experiences early on with that. I don't know that that was like became my um, mode, and also the the that it is a um, it is like a DIY thing or an independent film thing where 
the fact that it's made by one person or the animations of few people is part of the aesthetic mm-hmm. um, and what I like, you know? So I like it when it feels like, um, it, it, you know, like, a, like I like that, that low-budget movies feel different than Hollywood. It isn't like I want, yeah. you know, uh, this small movie to have the budget of a giant movie. Like, I, I prefer the, the look um, for whatever reason. Where were you, at what point were you in 2013 when you kind of had this, this almost crisis of... Um, you know whether or not you're actually going to finish it. How how far down the road were you? Um, well, I had worked on a. Um, you're talking about the animation. Yeah, I, I mean, you said on 2013 a, was sort of a. That was kind of out. a big. Yeah, yeah. kind of crossed into 2014, like end of 2013. Yeah. Um, well, I had spent years working on an animation that I didn't finish, um, mm. and I had started this one that I that I did finish, um, but. Uh, it was a combination of things. Um, it was uh, um, realizing that, you know, that realization that I said, um, I couldn't afford a studio yeah. anymore. Um, I had, uh, I, I, I had, uh, I, I was maybe like burning out in terms of the workaholism mm-hmm. of my 20s. Yeah. I had just turned 30. Um, so, really, so I was like, "Oh shit! Like, what? What am I gonna do here?" Um, and it was really the 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 Coleman Center that picked me up. That started and that went from 2014 to 2015. So, getting that that library fellowship, which was for a year, um, it meant I had a studio, um, you know, at the at the Bryant Park Library, um, and it meant I had to get up and go there, and I had to talk to people. And so that that really picked me up off my feet. Yeah. And then we didn't have the cast. We I had just drawn a ton of this movie, and we and it and and uh, and then when I was the, then twenty twenty round beginning of twenty I don't know. Then then things kind of turned around because the I had the library thing, which was awesome. You know, I got paid like I like I was going to some place every day working on my stuff. Um, then we got the cast for the cartoon, and, and I had spent years drawing it, but it didn't... Uh, um, only when we got the cast did I think, like, oh, people are going to actually see this. It felt real got, in a way that it hadn't Yeah, we got yeah. Jason Schwartzman and Lena Dunham and Maya Rudolph and Reggie Watts. Yeah. They all... Susan Sarandon. They all came, out, came on in, like, 2014. Mm. So then it became... Oh, you know, if I people, it might this might play in a theater, yeah. you know. So, so is that um, is that I, I, I've got to assume there's a little added pressure to that as well. No, you mean that, it's got to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, but also, I'm so contrarian that I thought, oh, it could even be worse now. <laughs> you know, like people are still going to see it, be, even if it's terrible. There could be fewer drawings. <laughs> yeah, I did think that because I thought, like, you know, it's going to play. Yeah. Might as well, like, really. <laughs> really like throw people a curveball like people have, are already like, invested in this so have like yeah. should, like have it be like one drawing every <laughs> every minute you know i did have that in my, but i that was like did you ever watch those uh, velveteen rabbit animations they used to have oh where it was just like one drawing yeah, yeah. like the slight transition yeah. i remember i i'm curious if you remember this but 
when I went, um, I remember as a kid, a, a show where someone was slowly drawing with a like red Conte crayon the illustrations for a story as the story was Sounds being really told. Familiar. And so Probably on PBS, maybe something like. Yeah. And I remember being mesmerized by this show. Yeah. So they were. It was kind of like animation because you'd get a new drawing every two minutes yeah. or something. But you. But you also and and whoever was drawing it was kind of revealing the elements to the picture yeah. as the story was unfolding. Like it would be one character, and then they draw the second character as the second character said something in the story. They were all based on books. I've never been able to figure out what it was, but the forethought um, that goes into something like that is kind of amazing in terms of figuring yeah. out like how how the storyline can follow what you're drawing oh, yeah, on yeah. the page in, in the order that you're drawing yeah. it. Yeah, it's also a little bit of Bob Ross in there. It sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, and it was like a red Conte. And yeah, I remember th- and 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 it's that's such a specific look, yeah. you know. Um, well, it's out in the world now. I'm sure somebody will remember the specifics. Um, but yeah, this movie. I mean, uh, the yeah, I don't, and I and when I started, I thought it'll be like limited, like Speed Racer level animation, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I thought that was rad. But when you, I hope you'll see it. When it's at New York or something. Yeah. Um, but it feels pretty full to me. Like it feels like we packed a ton of drawings in there. I don't think people are really gonna think that it's. Um, if you if you watch. High School Sinking and then watch a, a Speed Racer episode, I think High School Sinking has more mm. more drawings. Not that it's better, but it's more like packed with... Yeah. Packed with... Uh, it's more dynamic. Um, movement. Yeah. It wasn't... Uh, and when I watch it, I don't think of adding anything, you know? Like, it feels like it's a done, done um, movie. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, it, you pick... A lot of a lot of times we'd have a version of a shot that would be like the more limited version, like in a part a bunch of papers. Um, someone knocks a bunch of papers out of someone's hands, yeah. and they they so they're just still drawings of the papers that kind of slide as they're falling, mm-hmm. and then and then um, just right. Before we entered the mix, we're like, "Well, let's just animate." Yeah, um, Jane, um, uh, who I make these animations with, Jane Samborski, she she penciled, you know, a fully rotating like paper in space, and so we plugged plugged that in to replace that limited version of the shot. So, and that's kind of how the a lot of the movie was made. That there was always that we'd start with something that would just tell the story. And then, like, a year later, we'd be like, why don't we just draw it a little more fuller, like... And then a year after that, we'd be like, yeah, we could add a little... Add a tree in the foreground and make it feel a little more... Mm. And um, it would come together. Because, obviously, like, like, if you have, like, a car crash, there's the version where... That's, like, Akira, where it's, like, this insane, beautiful, like spinning gears like like millions of drawings falling in space um, or there's Speed Racer where it's like a, a drawing of a car and another drawing of a car yeah. and they slide towards each other yeah. and you cut to a, a single drawing that says crash and then a third drawing that's like some smoke yeah. and, and you can draw it in a day you know um, so there as that was kind of the the mode was 
was getting something and then bringing it up and up and up until it felt like the sensibility of the movie is kind of consistent. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, how did, I mean, was it, was it, did this come out of you? I mean, it sounds like to some degree it came out of you just wanting to to do a, a long form animation, you wanting to kind of play play with these tools, but um, w- w- was it was it that desire that came first, and you waited for the story that would best suit the medium? Uh, the um, the story um, the story is based on for the the one um, high school thinking. Yeah. I had done a comic in like maybe end of 2008 or early 2009 it, it was in a moan and uh and it was in the unclothed man book and i always l- kind of liked that story it was it was the first time i had i think i had like tried it became that the look of that story had kind of turned into the look of the new school book mm. because it was colored in a weird way that i thought was exciting where the, that I thought of as being kind of like a film score where the color was like this second element that was really abstract that was kind of laid over the literal element of the story the characters and the line mm-hmm. the lines of the people um, so I thought so when I had first done that I, and, and coloring it that way came out of thinking of like super drama where that story was kind of in a, a parody of Titanic where this school is sinking and there's a character that's Dash and it was kind of like taking uh, autobio comics and smashing it into like boys adventure comics. So it turned into New School and that whole book um, what, what I was kind of thinking about there but I still thought the title was funny I still thought that, that it would be cool to, to, to have more characters and have it be like an action because I, I like the idea, just like how that comic was combining, like in the ninety, you know, when I grew up, there there was like the autobio comics and the the adventure comics, yeah. and the idea of combining those was funny and exciting to me there. And then also it had these kind of shojo layouts, which had a another element that was like connected to my youth you know, from reading a lot of Japanese yeah. comics. Um, so I thought there was, I don't know, there, that, that, that it would be cool to, to, to carry that over to film where it'd be like, it's, this is like a blockbuster action movie where things explode, but it's also these personal, personal stories, and it's also like a comp- almost experimental film aesthetic, hmm. you know, that... That it's because those experimental movies are, prime, I think, a lot the ones that I like. Spectacle, they're like Stan Brakhage is like spectacle, mm-hmm. you know. And those and the Hollywood movies, Titanic is spectacle yeah. too. So there's, it, I guess the the answer is it was a combination of like all of these things that I liked, and I slowly like honed in on. Uh, um, combining them all, you know, so they, I've, I really don't think they feel separate in the, in the movie, that it feels like one um, sensibility that, that, uh, uh, that, the, that the similarities between a kind of disaster um, movie and 
um, an auto bio story and like like light show visuals will be um, will make sense. I, I guess I would tend to think of, of comics in a sense as offering a little more freedom from the standpoint of you know it is just solely you doing it uh-huh. um, you know certainly you don't have quite the same financial constraints as you would working with especially when you get to a certain level working with these these actors but do you um, but I guess it's a different sort of freedom that each one affords you or, or do you feel like you have more room to, to play around with comics uh, the thing is I never tried to I never tried to make a animation in the studio so it, I had freedom on this movie. I, and the yeah. actors came on knowing... I felt like the actors came on liking that about me. You know, I had known a lot of them before. So they just kind of came on to help me out. Um, so it wasn't like I had... I wouldn't say I was not free at any point in, in making this movie. Um, uh, 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 but... The freedom of comics, I think, uh, um, I don't know. I feel pretty, like, free on both yeah. both of them. I know that you, um, uh, but it, if, I, but I'm, but the animations I make are, com- are completely, um, unrelated to the animation industry, you know? Like, mm. they're just, they're... It's like independent film, you know? So they take a long time and you draw them. And like people who would come on to, to draw backgrounds would be, would be like people I know through comics and like we'd get like a tiny, or I shouldn't, we would get a, <laughs> a you know, I don't want to say tiny, uh, we'd get a, gen, a generous, sun, you know, Sundance grant occasionally yeah, to kind of sure. help us along. Um, that I appreciate very much, <laughs> and uh, uh, but it, but it's it's not it. it uh, but you know the comics I make feel pretty pretty like removed from the comic industry too. Yeah. You know, so maybe someone who's working on Marvel would be like, comics don't have any uh, freedom compared. I don't know. I don't know the the varying levels of freedom that people feel. I feel pretty good. But is there a certain point, even when you're working outside of the studio, is there, in a way, I mean, these com- the comics that you don't don't really have a point of no return until it's actually with the publisher, until it's you know there's that agreement. But but when you're working on something like film, once you've gotten all these people on board, once that you know you're collaborating with all these people, even before the voice actors come on, um, you can't really just scrap it and then start all over again. I think you could. You could. Yeah. I okay. Mean, uh, are you ta- are you just talking about the time commitment, or what? Are you well, talking about? just in, you know, it, you know, it sounds like there there are a few instances where you had been working on um, a comic and you know maybe finished it and didn't like it, and it just you you moved on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, once once there are so many people who are in a sense kind of relying on this thing to be finished, you you, you can't quite just give up. Yeah, but how we how um, it all it all depends on how it's made. And again, I'm I have to say that it was made very differently than yeah. most. You know, the, when I tried to make a movie where I would get the cast first and we would get money first and we would go make it, but but no one would get no one would give me that. Yeah. 
So, so that was out the door, you know. So if I had been in that situation, then maybe I would have been tied to something. But how, but how I realized the only way I could make an animated movie is just by drawing a lot of it myself and then slowly kind of piecing in these other elements or people as I went. Um, that was the only way to do it, you know? So, and I kind of think that'll be the only way I'll ever be able yeah. to do it. At least, at least uh, stories that are, that are solely me, you know? Like I, maybe someone would be like, there, a different situation would arise, but... Um, so, you know, my, uh, uh, so, so my, um, case is, is not applicable to, to, to other, to other people maybe, but, um, uh, it was the only way I could get it, get things going. Is, I, I feel like I, I don't, I feel, well, go well, ahead. Well, is there, is there a, an appeal, you know, now that this is out there, now that it's proven to people that you can make a full-length movie um is is there were someone to approach you to do something a little bit more collaboratively a little bit more within the studio system to have all of those different players on board out front would that appeal to you or now that you've sort of got this in a sense complete freedom is that something that you'd like to stick with moving ahead i'd like to i'd like to go up a, a um I don't think up is even the right word, yeah. but I would like to be able... I have, like, a few goals for the next one that is expanding it a bit, but not... Um, but I don't want to pursue something radically different yeah. in scale. But there are a few things. I would like to be able to record actors first and then draw things based because with this one I had a lot of it drawn before I had their voices and I mm. and we kind of plugged in their voices um, it was the only way I would be able to get good act you know yeah, great actors to have on, proof, on board proof of concept um, uh, but now I have a whole movie that I just did so I yeah. can I can show someone this thing I just did and the storyboards for the next one and say like do you want to do you want to help me out here um, and I think that I could get people there at the beginning where I couldn't before. So that's a mission on the new one, record people first. That's a modest mission, but, you know, that's <laughs> how I'm thinking. And then another mission is to kind of be able to construct the sequences to, to music better or more because this movie was made... Um, I didn't know anything about... How to how to I didn't know what kind of score I wanted at all and and so Ronnie the composer who was assigned to me at the Sundance Labs who I really like I just handed him this movie mm. and I said you know what like I don't know what I want really you know <laughs> like just yeah. let's start trying things out sure and of course Ronnie loved that because usually composers are given things with temp scores yeah. and 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 they have to they, but I didn't know, you know, and and I think that I'm happy with how this turned out completely. But uh, I think it would be smarter to um, to have more of a game plan with the score at the beginning, um, and like maybe make the animatic to attempt score. Um, so the actors and the and the score are uh, are the the goals for the next one. Yeah. Um, you know, like 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm guessing the idea is to have the actors. The nice thing about having them there early on is that they sort of help define the character to some degree. Yeah. And uh, um, they come up with things, and also yeah. uh, um, they're kind of like what's weird is you'll work on, you'll draw things for years, and they'll show up for like two days or whatever, mm-hmm. and and and. Uh, and so but they but they kind of provide like weirdly like the soul of the movie yeah. or some kind of because the the story is weird it's drawn in a weird way it looks you know so so it's like layers and layers of artifice essentially <laughs> my animations you know and i don't even i just even if i don't mean that it's like completely an abstract thing yeah. but but like just how you draw when you draw like someone and you re- you turn them into lions or something you're it's sure. like a it's like puppeteer it's there's layer it's artificial they're literally the human element yes yeah. exactly well said yeah they're they they're like they're shooting that their human element is like shooting yeah. out of this completely abstract world that um and a huge difference uh huge uh contribution to to the effect of of the cartoon, you know. And so if you have that, if you, if I could get that yeah. beginning, I think it would have a ripple effect. And also, you kind of end up really liking, um, or at least like, you end up kind of falling in love with them in some way. Like yeah. the the, char- the characters are in some way that you that you didn't have before. I completely understand why movies are more popular than comic books because there's something about just looking at an actual person's face. Or he- or hearing an actual person's voice, that is, yeah, in you know, intoxicating and exciting and and uh, and uh, and even like the shittiest movie, if it has like a great actor in it, you're like mesmerized. Like it's like a document of this. I watched Orca, you know that killer whale movie. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it has Charlotte or- Rampling in it, okay. and it's like a 28 year old Charlotte Rampling mm-hmm. who's like a killer whale expert. Yeah. And she's like giving this, this, this uh, uh, um, lecture about killer whales, and it's uh, it's amazing. It's like her, just her face, how her voice, like yeah. like this crazy, like she, you can tell she was like, I uh, like a like an intense she personality, yeah. an intense personality <laughs> yeah. that we like documented, yeah, um, forever in this killer whale movie. And but that's just like a funny. I mean, it's like that for so many um, movies where where I mean, and now like it's just so absurd. As I can't believe that we have like all of these actors and like we have them like playing like nothing but these genre superhero movies. Yeah, I mean, what 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 is particularly impressive about this instance is you know when you talk about working with. Constraints. I mean, for an actor, that's the ultimate constraint. Not not just doing voiceover, but the fact that because all these animations are there in place, they can't really improvise, right? I mean, they just have to they have to sort of go within what you've given them, in a sense, kind of sync to it. But they're able to bring some kind of some semblance of themselves or the character to that within those confines. Well, we would. What would happen is they would improvise, and then we would decide to redraw things okay. yeah. later. 
because then because then um then you 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 know i know like oh this person can um you know then then i had to make that decision like it's better to lose these drawings or or have to draw this whole i mean that's part of why it took so long so that once we had more in we're like oh better to I would like we were aim, we were kind of aiming for like Sundance like two years ago or something mm. you know like we it, it kind of kept being like oh we can't aiming me like we could maybe get but then it was like you know we could spend another year yeah like drawing it and it'd be a lot better and it just kind of kept we could draw this and take what this person said and do it in a different way and be a little bit better and you're still tinkering to some degree at this point yeah the mix is tinkering yeah, yeah. when when you you know, when you think about how you how you split your time, I guess right now as as this movie is coming out, now that you're mostly done with it, you're very interested in time management. I am very interested in time management. Um, I'm always I'm always like fascinated by people who are freelancers as somebody who goes to a, a, a day job. But um, do you do you see between comics and animation? Do you see one of them being um, a larger part of your of what you do moving forward? Um, I'd like to keep going. I'd like to just keep doing what I'm doing okay. and alternating. Um, that would be ideal. I don't know if I... Like, this month, I'm not working on any comics at all because I have to do all of this shit with the movie. Yeah. Um, but the two months before, I was at McDowell only working on comics and not doing anything with the, with the movie. Um, so, I really love... I, really, I love both mediums, you know, and, and like... I'm really happy with the uh, happy with the uh, I'd like to just keep yeah. keep going forever if I can. There you go, that was Dash Shaw. Thank you so much to Dash for taking the time to do that. Uh, Dash is somebody whose work I've been following uh, for for some time now. He he came on the scene with uh, bottomless belly button. Um, I don't even want to know how many years ago it was, but uh, he seemingly came out of nowhere and, and releases this just massive tome, and everybody fell in love with his work, um, has been uh, putting out some very fascinating and singular stuff since then. Uh, he has a new book out on Fanographics as of last month, a collection of his uh, work with cosplayers. There's a, a holiday special coming out uh, next month as well. And on top of that, uh, we spoke about this quite a bit during the conversation, but he's got uh, a new film that's debuting. Actually, uh, I believe this week in Brooklyn, my entire high school is sinking into the DC, uh, starring a, a bunch of uh, well-known folks, Jason Schwartzman, Lena Dunham, Reggie Watts, Maya Rudolph, and, uh, and Susan Sarandon. So a really... Uh, Really, really pays off to just kind of uh, to, to to focus on something the, the way he has. I and mean, this is this is a conversation that we have a lot on the show. Um, and obviously, uh, different people approach it different ways. Um, whether to you know kind of uh, focus on 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 your art in, in your spare time after work while you're while you're doing, uh, doing your day job, or to really just kind of hunker down and. And, and focus on making one thing and obviously he's done that and it's uh, it's it's certainly paid off uh thanks so much to him for taking the time to do that it's always always fascinating speaking with him it's been a while since we've sat down thanks to jack at fanographics for setting up that conversation thanks to brian as always for editing the show together thanks to you guys as always for listening to the show if you do enjoy the program and you listen every week please consider supporting us over on patreon 
Or uh, if you would like to make a non-financial donation, you can uh, rate us over on iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you got any feedback, you can send us a note. It's rewildcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rewildcast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. I think that's about all I got. Lots and lots of good shows lined up. Been, uh doing uh, a ton of interviews since I got back from that month-long trip. So stick around because we will be back with another good one just about this time next week with another episode of R.A.Y.L. R.A.Y.L.